I want you to do me a favor. I want you to do this. I want you to put your hand up to your ear. I want you to lean in just a little bit because I want to make sure you, everybody hears this. Next Sunday, we're going to do something we've never done in six years, the Calling Community Church. We are going to, we're going to have two different services next Sunday. We're going to start, we're going to try to do two services. Here's the reason. Because when everybody shows up that could possibly show up in our church, there is no way this room is big enough for everybody, especially for those people who want to still stay a little bit socially distanced. So we have to, we're going to utilize this space a little differently. So how many of you would say, Brady, I'm kind of an early person anyway. I would really like to kind of get in and get out and get on with my day. How many of you would say that you would be willing to come between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. to a worship service? All right, so we got enough. You, even you young people, millennials are going to get up that early? Man, you, have got, you guys have just raised the bar. Way to go. Follow those two right there. So we're going we're gonna to let people know. We think also it's going to open up an opportunity for some people maybe who um, want to get in and get on with their, their day. So 9 to 10. Now that means Brady doesn't get to talk as, like, as long as he likes to talk. This Brady and the other Brady, because we know how, how both of us can get. So, it, like, we're going to be done and moving out of here at 10, so you guys can leave in order for the other people to come in at 1030. So the second service will still be 1030. We're going to go 9 to 10. Everything will be the same. Worship team, uh, the message, uh, without some of my jokes, and I won't chase as many rabbits in the first service, okay? So if you want to be in and out with that, 9 to 10 to next week, we're going to start that off. We're going to... We'll advertise it as much as we can, try to get the word out. So did you guys hear that? What time does the first service start? So what time should you be here? Yeah, 7.30 would be awesome. You should probably be here before 9, okay? Like, just saying. And if you're coming to the 10.30 service, uh, 10.30 is fine, not 10.45, okay? So just, yes, sir, you got a question? The offering thing? You pass it, you place something in it. You don't take anything out of it, Mike. Don't do that. Well, Justin Powers, wait, come here, brother. Come here. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do this, but I want to do this. Everyone, we have a reason to celebrate today. This man, how many days? Uh, 181. 181 days of being sober. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's worth cheering about right here. Amen. If you have ever dealt with any type of an addiction, you know how big a deal that is. And so if you're sitting in the crowd thinking, man, I, I can't even go two days, there's hope. You can do it. You can do it. He can, you do it with a lot of encouragement, with a lot of other people. You do it, you just message your pastor like five or six times a day, all right? Whatever you need to do. Sometimes ten. Sometimes ten, all right? Just, you can do it. And if you need some encouragement, this guy will tell you that you can do it. And so there's freedom to be found in, obviously, uh, in sobriety. There's freedom to be found in, at the cross of Jesus Christ. And Justin got baptized, um, and he, even after getting baptized, man, it was a tough road. Like it, it's not like the enemy's like, oh, I'm done with that guy. No, he, he's relentless. And don't you think the enemy would love to see Justin fall 
Yeah, and so how many of us are going to pray for Justin? We're going to lift him up. Like, it's going to take all of us really to lift him up. He's a big dude, all right? So, like, get up underneath him. Give me some help. Like, let's lift this brother up and not let him fall, all right? So there's just a little, few little things here, Justin, just to say thank you. Um, he comes early. He sets up. He stays late, tears down, puts stuff away for us, and we need, uh, we need that, especially now that we're going to two service. We're going to need lots of that, all right? All right, let's pray for him. Um, Nate, Nate, where are you at, brother? Nate, hello, would you come here? I want, man, this guy loves to see men win, all right? And so I'm going to ask him, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you to bless this guy. Pray a prayer, blessing over him. You don't need that, all right? All right, there you go. Justin can stand in front of here today, in front of all of us, and he's a testimony to your power and your glory. And we lift up Justin. Uh, we tr pray for your strength, that he finds his strength, he finds a perseverance and the courage to stay with you, to walk this walk, to pick up his net and follow you to the place that you want him to go, a place that he can't even imagine, but we know is there and it's real and it's deep. Pray, uh, Justin be strengthened, you be encouraged, and you find that life that he's, you talk about. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Love it, man. He looks scary, but he's actually pretty nice. And he smells good, too. I almost smell better today after hugging him. Ah. So six years ago, a little over six years ago, we launched this church, and in the process of doing that, one of the things that we were challenged with is like trying to figure out what is, what is our mission and what is our vision for the church. By the way, if you, if you have little ones with you and they get a little rambunctious and you're feeling bad about that, the, there's a speaker outside. Vicki, can you hear us okay out there? There's a speaker outside. There's shade out there, so if you want to go out, you don't have to. Please don't think you have to, but don't feel bad about that too. Anyway, so we were, so we were crafting this, this mission and this vision. And some of you heard the story before. I, I drove over to Weston uh, Bend State Park, and I drove all the way down to the end and turned around, and I came back. And a long time ago, there used to be this little field where we used to take the youth group, some of the guys, and we'd go play football in the snow. It was about, when I was a lot younger then, okay? Can't do that these days. I played a game with the youth on Wednesday night, and I, my back's been sore ever since, so can't do that. But... While I was there, I was sitting in my car and I was praying, and I, was, I asked a guy that helped us, helped us start the church, hey, come up with a logo. Like, I want something to do with the Trinity, like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but I also want the cross to be at the center of the logo. And so he began to work on it, and this just kind of came out of what he was doing. At the same time, I was in my car, and I was praying, and I was just like, kind of tr trying to write down what it is that God wants us to be about. And the first thing I came up with is, is that we are a Christ-centered ministry, a Christ-centered community. So that's the first part of our mission statement, as a Christ-centered community, Christ at the center of what it is that we do in our community. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father. 
Okay, that was really, really important to me because I didn't grow up knowing my real father and I knew that there was a God in heaven who is my heavenly father who loved me in spite of who I am. Like for Justin to understand that there is a God in heaven who loves him. Even in the midst of his addiction, God never gave up on him. His mercy endured, right? It endured for him. And so I wanted to create space for all people. Everybody say all. All, all is important. That's going to be a theme. It's going to be a theme for all of us. It's going to be a theme for me as I go later on. Today at 1 o'clock, I'm going up to the, to the courthouse here in Platte City, and I'm going to be speaking at this thing called the Celebration of Diversity. And I'm going to encourage all people to open their eyes and look at one another and love one another in spite of their differences, in the midst of our differences. All people to experience the compassionate love of the Father. Like we want people to walk into the church and experience God's love. Now, he experienced that love from him vertically, but he also experiences that love through us horizontally, right? Like it's our responsibility to love well. And if someone walks in here and doesn't experience love, let it not be our fault, you know? Let it be that we love them well and we tried and we did what we could to reach out to them and encourage them. So experience the compassionate love of the Father and, everybody say and, because there's another piece to this, and to discover the calling he has for their life. So we want you to walk in, experience his love, and in the process of experiencing his love, for just to understand that God's got a calling for him. He's got a task for him to do. Okay? And that's where the name calling came from. I was at Vineyard Church, and I heard the pastor say, hey, have you ever felt like your calling is here, but your current reality is down here? And I was like, yes, I did. And that's kind of how we ended up here as a result of that. In Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite verses says, we are God's handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to sit around and do nothing. No, no, that's, not, that's a different version of the Bible. We don't read that Bible in this church. It says that we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God had things prepared all these years. I keep picking on Justin a little bit. I won't do this the whole time, I promise. But God had these things prepared in advance for Justin to do. And he was waiting for Justin to get it figured out, to get back on the track so he could say, Justin, I got some things for you to do i got a calling for you. I've got um, an assignment. Do you know that God has an assignment for every believer? He does. And some of you, some of you might be that your assignment is to play the cello. That's not my assignment. I could try, but it would be miserable because that's not what he called me to do. That's not what he gifted me to do. All of us have this assignment waiting for us. And you might be thinking, Bray, I'm still, I'm still waiting well, don't give up. Be patient. Hang in there because he's got it for you, I promise. Okay, that was the mission of the church. The vision of the Calling Community Church is there are three things. Be devoted to the teaching of God's word. All right, that's why we teach God's word. To be devoted to one another in fellowship. Some of us are really good at that. Some of us not so much. But we want to be devoted to one another. We want to love each other, right? The, the two greatest commandments, love God, love others. So that's the second piece of that. And to be devoted to prayer. Like we should be a people devoted to prayer. 
Like, that's one thing. It's like, hey, man, what is the church all about? Well, the church is about prayer. And we did that last week. We prayed for one another. Another part of this, we will be obedient, we as the body of Christ, to the great commission that is in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, right? Go forth into the world and, you know, remind them all the things that Jesus taught. It is the great calling of all believers. The great commission is the great calling of all believers. And in this, this mission that he calls for us, these things he's asking us to do, they're not optional, you know, that's, I think sometimes we think they're optional. Well, you know, I know God says we should go forth and, you know, and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. No, those things are, those are commands that we should follow. That's why when I baptize Darius here at the end of the service, I want to say I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Bible says that's what we're supposed to do. It's not optional. It says go make disciples of all nations. Once again, everybody say all. Not just the nation of America. Man, yeah, America needs Jesus, you know what? But also every other nation that I know needs Jesus. And so it says we need to make uh, disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, like I said before. And see, in, our, in this calling, in this great commission is where we get our identity. Our identity as followers of Jesus Christ are great commission people. Like, I've got this message that he put inside of me, and I need to share it with everybody Around me, it says, teaching them to observe all that Christ commandment or commanded. But here's the problem: I think in some cases the church has lost their voice in the culture. Can I get an oh my? It's true. When we used to be, we used to be the influencer in the culture. Now it's like the church is trying to catch up, and we're trying to re, you know repair the breaches, like the dam is leaking, and we're trying to figure out what happened. And it's scary. And I think one of the reasons why is because we're afraid to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Like, we all have a verbal witness that we're supposed to give with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the good news. We've been redeemed, we've been saved from the pit of hell, and we should probably share that with somebody. Yeah, like it is the best news ever. Not too long ago, I listened to this message from a guy named Ravi Zacharias. If you know who Ravi Zacharias is, Ravi just died recently. But in 2013, he was at UCLA, and he was speaking. He was giving this talk about tolerance. And he spoke about several different things. But one of the things he talked about is how the privatization of our faith in America. So listen to this. He says, to take away that which is the sacred most thing within your heart and to relegate it to the private world, do you know what happens when you do this? We're not supposed to do that, by the way. Like, if we are Great Commission Christians, we are supposed to tell people about it. It's true. But what happens when you make it a private thing Oh, well, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to tell people about Jesus. I'm afraid they'll be offended. You end up with a life without meaning. That's what he said. You end up with a life without purpose. and You lose your calling. You lose your identity. You lose your purpose in life. As a follower of Jesus Christ, your purpose is to let other people know about the grace that you've been given, and they can receive it too. 
That is it. I mean, there's more to it, obviously, but that is like, that's a great commission that he talked about. It's the calling of all believers. We are to be salt and light, right, in a dull and dark world. Is the world dull and dark? Yeah, there's a lot of darkness in the world, and we need to bring some light. We can't keep the good news to ourselves. Justin's story, it was good news. I couldn't keep it to myself. And he was like, no, man, don't put me in the spot. Like, no, we got to tell people about this. This is incredible. This good news, we can't keep it to ourselves. All right, so how many of you, whoop, yes, amen. How many of you um, saw my story on Facebook about the car that was going the wrong way? Just raise your hand. All right, so a handful of you did. So a couple weeks ago, I was driving south on Interstate 29. I get off the exit at 112th Street, okay? You get down to the bottom of the exit, you can really only go left. I mean, if you go right, you'll end up uh, in, uh, is it, no, maybe that's not it. I know it was 112, I can't remember which, 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 if you go right, but, oh, I know what happens. Yeah, if you go right, then you go on a, a side road, goes up to a hotel, or you go to the TWA, um, old TWA base. And so I'm going down, I get off the highway, and I'm, I'm starting to slow down, and a car turns right and gets on the off-ramp going on to the highway. And so I immediately see this, and I have some, I make a quick decision, right? I have a couple choices. Now, this never entered my mind, but what, do a what if with, it, with me. What if I would have said, oh, hey, those people, man, bummer for them. They're going the wrong way. Wow, I wish they would have been thinking, you know, I'm just going to, like, get out of the way. I'm going to pull over to the right. So I don't, I don't want to offend them. You hear me out? I don't want to offend them and tell them they're going the wrong way. I'm just going to be nice and wave to them. God, please, maybe like the little prayer for them. Oh, God, please help them. They're going the wrong way. God, please help everybody else on the highway that's going the right way. This is going to be ugly. God, please help them. Do you think that's what I did? I don't think anybody else would have done that either. But I think I did what you would have done. I pulled my car into the center of the lane. I started waving my arm. I started honking my horn. Like, whoa, 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 hey, wait, you're going the wrong way. Like, don't, you got to stop, turn around, like, turn around. And they saw me. We kind of made eye contact, which is a little hard because it's embarrassing when you're really going the wrong way. And they're just like, oh, hi, oh, sorry, sorry. And I was like, hey, it's okay. Like, you know how I am. I wanted to stop and talk to them. I want to make sure they were okay, like, pray for them, like, whatever. I was like, please come back, come back. Like, and they just kept driving. Um. And I was like, oh, man, that was, that was crazy. And then all of a sudden, God gave me this illustration. We are bearers of good news as followers of Jesus Christ. We have a message that will change the eternal destiny of a human heart. It will take people who are going the wrong way to hell and turn them around and go back towards heaven. That's worth an amen. Come on. Like, seriously. But we're like, oh, Brady, like, we, do we have to share Jesus with everybody? If God puts it on your heart, like Brady, Ro Brady Rogers, he doesn't share Jesus with everybody, but almost everybody. Almost. And he'll tell you that. And it's true, because I've been with him. I'm not saying that you're a bad person if you miss an opportunity or whatever, but in that particular case, I was not willing to take a chance. Now, did I get a chance to share the gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, with them? No. But I helped turn them around. 
make sure they, they have a chance maybe someday to hear the gospel if they haven't already. But here's the thing I want you to understand. And this is a message I'm going to share this, this afternoon at, at the courthouse. Did I wait to see what color those people were in the van? Did I wait to see if they agree with me on my politics? Did I wait to see if they go to the same church I would go to? Do you think I cared anything about that? I didn't care at all. The reason I turned them around is the one word, and that is love. That's it. It's love for them, and it's love for everybody else that was on that highway going the wrong way. And guess what? A few, a few miles behind was a good friend of mine who might have been the one in the accident. If I, but it doesn't even matter. Even if I don't know any of those people, I love them enough to warn them. And as the calling of all believers, we have this great commission inside of us to go, to share the truth. And I, and, and I, I, I say, in that particular case, that opportunity presented itself and I took advantage of it. I'd say the same thing when it comes to, to talking to people about Jesus. You don't have to manufacture it. You have to be open to these little faith adventures that God places in front of you all of the time. And if your eyes are open and your lens, lenses are changed, you will see it. And when you have the courage to step forth, the more you do it, the better you're going to become at it. And then you won't be afraid anymore. And you'll look for chances. And I guarantee you, more often than not, when you take an opportunity to just even say something to the waiter or the waitress that come to bring you your food. Hey, hey, how you doing today? Hey, is there anything I can be praying about for you today? Or if God could do a miracle in your life today, what would it be? That almost always, and I say 99% of the time, opens up a doorway. Wow, no one's ever asked me that before. Wow. But if God could do a miracle, what would it be? Wow, I don't even know. I know what the miracle could be if they don't know Jesus. That's a miracle. But it might be for them. It might be, well, you know, like I'm a little low on rent or struggling a little bit or my wreck my car or whatever it is. And who knows? God might lead you to be able to provide for their need. You just don't know. Okay, it's back to the, back to this is in our bylaws. And as followers of Jesus, our purpose is to come to church on Sunday morning and to entertain ourselves and feel good about ourselves and then go home and then come back Sunday and do it again. No. If you think that's all Christianity is, you have shortchanged yourself. And you're actually just taking up oxygen right now in this room. Your purpose is, comes out of Matthew chapter 25, and it says this. Feed the hungry, because Jesus said, at one point, I was hungry and you fed me. To give people a drink, I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. To help find a place for people to rest, I was homeless and you gave me a room. To make sure people are warm, I was shivering and you gave me clothes. To go pray for and help those in need, I was sick and you stopped to visit. To minister to those in prison, I was in prison and you came to me. Because Jesus says, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done unto who? You've done unto me. You've done unto Jesus, right? Not one of you would turn Jesus away if he needed something, right? Not one of us should turn our brother away if they needed something. That's real practical Christianity. 
And that's how you grow in your faith. That's how your faith grows. That's how you get more courage. I mean, I just, you look for opportunities, and people come to you, and they have a need. And if you can't meet the needs yourself, then reach out to the body as a whole. Man, we can accomplish so much more together as a whole as we could as an individual. If you can meet it, meet it. Praise God. But if you say, hey, Brady, I'm a little short. Can we get some help? Oh, yeah, let's just get the church involved. Back to our bylaws. We will also partner with those or with other ministries in our community to be Jesus to the least of these. All right, here are a few ministries that we support. The Platte County Treasure Chest. It's a food pantry here in Platte City. It's the building closest to the Dairy Queen. Every single Tuesday, people from our church shop. We actually partner with the Community Action Agency just about a half a mile from here, right here in Tracy. They come and they, uh, y'all, we, the church gets to spend the government's money. Can I get an amen? We've been, right? And so we go and we money because you know they've been spending our money, right? And so we go and we shop, and then on Wednesday night, some other people come together and they give food to people who need it. Hillcrest Transitional Housing, a lot of you are familiar with that. They've been a blessing to my family personally. Parkville Women's Clinic, saving lives, one precious little baby, giving opportunities for us to say, ah, oh. it's a crisis pregnancy center that my wife works at. The Day of Hope, it's a thing we do once a year where 1,348 people came through last year and got coats, socks, underwear, food. Jesucristo El Bien Pastor, it's a church in the inner city via our very own Brady Rogers and his ministry, Brazos Abiertos, which means open arms. And we use that opportunity to bless some people that we'll never get to see in the doors of this church, but they belong to the body of Christ, and we get the chance to bless them. On May 3rd, when we collected all the food at the high school, half of that food went there. And you should have seen the eyes of the pastor when we roll up with a box truck full of food from a bunch of people in Platte City who don't know them, but love them in practical ways. Bloodwater Missions and through World Vision 6K, when we walked for water, uh, there are people who are thirsty, they don't have clean water in the world, and we're doing our part to try to help make sure that happens. Hogar Luz de Vida, so you transitional home. It's where Paul and my daughter um, Yesenia, some of their friends that they were in the orphanage with back in 2000, when we met them in 2005, some of those young adults are in that program, and we went there a few years ago to be a chance to, to be a blessing to them. Hope City, so they ministered to homeless in the down and out, down in the inner city of Kansas City. We distributed the other half of the food there. Care Portal, here's the church and the government again, meeting practical and spiritual needs through the Division of Family Services. Social workers post needs through a thing called Care Portal, and it gets distributed through all these different churches in our community, and we all come together to supply the needs. Social workers don't make a lot of money. Amen. Tana will tell you. They are undercompensated and overworked. And now they can reach out to the church, and the church can be a blessing. This church ties, meaning we give 10% of every dollar given in this church, goes into a fund that, that turns out to be a huge blessing to a lot of people. So if you give to a benevolence fund or if you give to this church, if you give me a dollar, I'll give a 10% of that. It's going to go into this fund, and we're going to help people with it. This comes from our webpage. We're lady in our church, but our webpage together. It says, 
If you look at our webpage, you look at the page Reach, it says Reach. It says, we desire to honor God's calling to love and serve our neighbors. We partner with several organizations to give our time and resources to help meet the tangible and spiritual needs of many. From organizing the local school's community resource center to supporting young women transitioning out of an orphanage in Peru, we believe that God has empowered us by his spirit to spread his love and the message of his salvation throughout our community and our world. Back to our bylaws. If a ministry doesn't exist, we will pray about creating our own outreach. A lot of times we just already see the wheel turning and we just get in and support it. We don't have to create something because a lot of things already exist. But if not, we'll figure out a way to make it work or make it happen. If we're prompted by the Holy Spirit, we'll raise up preachers with a similar vision to reach the lost and poor, to send them out with the guidance and help of this church to start other churches both here and abroad. Now this happened by accident, but uh, the church, Jesus Cristo, LBM Pastor, we gave that church $500 one time, and they took the money and went to Cuba and planted a church. We planted a church in Cuba, y'all, and you don't even know it. You should be happy about that. You should be proud. Way to go. Pat yourself on the back. In Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas were strengthening the souls of the disciples, it said, encouraging them to persevere in the faith. Is that a good word for today? Do we need to be encouraged to persevere in the faith? In the culture we live in, in the world we live in today? I hope so. Paul said it's through persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? It's through hard, difficult times we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't sell a lot of memberships to the Christian club. It doesn't. But Jesus modeled for what, us for what it looks like to persevere in the, in the midst of a difficult situation for a prize that was worth suffering for. You were the prize, Nikki. You were the prize that Jesus suffered for. My daughter Yesenia is the prize Jesus suffered for. It's It's amazing. Paul and Barnabas said, handpicked overseers, elders of the local churches. They prayed and fasted, placed them in the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So we look for people who love Jesus in order to go send them out to go love Jesus and help teach other people to love Jesus, right? In Acts 16, 15, it says that the Messiah's communities were strengthened in faith. They kept increasing daily in number because living things are supposed to grow. You guys believe that? Yeah, living things are supposed to grow. Number two, implement a strategy to create missional communities within the larger body of believers. Now, I'm going to take some time in another sermon in the future to unpack all that. But I want you to hear this. The word missional is simply the adjective form of the noun missionary. Now, before you start thinking you have to pack your bags and head to China, all right, because that's what it used to feel like. Well, if I want to really be a missionary, i got to go to China. Or somewhere far off where it's really uncomfortable and I have to suffer while I'm there. No, it's talking about and it's describing people right here. In our churches, in our local community. And how we can operate as missionaries in our neighborhoods. Like you live where you live for a reason. Alright, and you might have in the doors of this church. If you think that the only time ministry happens is right here on Sunday morning, you're missing the Great Commission. Yeah, you're, you are. It's about all of us, the church, participating in what God has already been doing in the world around us. I mean, it's like looking around and saying, what is God doing in the world around me? 
So I was reading this, this Bible study magazine, and in there there's a couple of things that it kind of spoke out to me a little bit. It says, do you have a consistent prayer-driven love for your neighbors? A consistent prayer-driven love for the people around you. Now, it may not just be the people next to you, but if you look in the Good Samaritan story, like who are your neighbors? Well, it's the one that, you, that God puts in front of you to show mercy to. could be anybody. Are you pursuing them as an image bearer of the holy God? Like when I see Shauna, she's an image bearer. When I see Darius, I don't know if you noticed, but if you look in the mirror, Darius and I don't look exactly the same. Duh. But he's an image bearer of the created God who created him and put him together in his mother's womb years ago. And he bears the same image. Some might call this radical hospitality, but this lady named Rosario Butterfield calls it ordinary because of this. It's you being the kind of Christian that you are and opening up your arms a little bit wider so that you can bring more people in. Back to the bylaws. We will encourage all believers to be devoted to one another like the church in Acts chapter 2. Verse 42 through 47. So I want you to listen. We're almost done. I want you to listen. When we were getting ready to plant this church, this was the idea of what we hoped church would look like. Not what it would look like aesthetically or logistically, because that's all changed. But the heart behind what it is that we're doing, this is, a part, this is still a part of our vision, and it comes from this. They, the early believers, the early church, were devoting themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to fellowship and to breaking bread and to prayer. All right, so where does that, does that sound familiar? That's where our vision comes from. It says fear lay upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were happening through the apostles. And all who believed were together, having everything in common. That doesn't mean everybody was exactly the same and had all the same gifts and did everything the exact same way, but they were all together and they had everything in common. They began selling their property and possessions and sharing them with all as any had need. There shouldn't be a time where someone who belongs to our church, who walks into our door and says, Brady, I'm struggling. I can't pay my rent today. There shouldn't be a time where we can't figure out a way to help those people. Okay, and it's happened before. Or maybe they need food to put on their table for their children, whatever it is. It says they sold everything they had or their sold possessions and brought the, the money to, to the church and they said, Let's share with them all. Everybody say all. Oh, that was weak. You guys are falling asleep. Everybody say all. all. As any had need, right? So is there anybody that gets excluded from all? No, oh, no, not you today. Sorry, Danielle, can't help you today. You're not part of the all. No, all means all. It says day by day they continued with one mind, spending time at the temple, breaking bread from house to house. That's that missional community, kind of like doing things together. It says, they were sharing meals with gladness and sincerity of heart, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day, the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved because living things are supposed to grow. Hey, John, do me a favor. Check that thermostat. Seems like it always starts to get hot towards the end. I'm like sweating up here. Like at the very bottom right, maybe touch it so we can turn it down. The Christian life is not meant to be an isolated, lonely life. Christians are meant to be in each other's lives. We got to figure out a way, ladies and gentlemen, to do better about that. And we have to be intentional with one another. You might have to be the one that says, hey, come into my life. Come into my world. Or maybe you're not that person. Maybe you need to, if you're that kind of person, you need to look around, find those people and say, hey, come and be a part of our, what we're doing. Come, have dinner with us. Get to know us. Let's, hear, let's share each other's stories. And here's a practical way. I want you to guys take out your attendance sheet real quick. We're almost done. I want you to take out your attendance sheet. Okay, peel that off. Take it out. I want you to, if you, well, not even if, because I'm not going to let you off of the hook, all right? I want you to, if you are a part of our church, now if you're a visitor, I understand. I get it. That's okay. But if you say, you know what, I can't do much, but I can provide a meal for someone when they need it. It's called the meal train. Okay? If you can do something that simple, maybe you don't know how to cook, all right, give them a gift card. You, certainly you know how to do that, all right? I want you to write your email address down on your attendance sheet, and I want you to circle it. Circling it tells me, Brady, I'm in. This is a practical way we can meet the needs of our church. Simple. You sign up for the meal train, you pick a day, you tell people what you're going to bring, and you take them a meal. And when you take them a meal, hey, Katie, I'm Pastor Brady. Here's some um, macaroni and cheese because that's all I know how to cook. No, actually, I'm a pretty decent cook. I'll bring you something better than that. But in the process of me bringing her macaroni and cheese, guess what? Now I know her name. Now she knows my name. Now I know where you live. And, and you don't know where I live. So, ha, huh, no. Now all of a sudden... Hey, Katie, like you had surgery. How's it going? Are you feeling better today? How's, you know, whatever. You begin to build a relationship. Meal train. I don't know if they had meal trains in the Bible. I'm guessing they did because it says that they all met together and they ate together. Yeah, they probably had, like, they actually probably had a train. They were, like, walking behind each other, going to people's homes. They fellowshiped together. That's what they did. The last part of our vision, it says, our church is to purposely strive toward people of all, everybody say all. all, races, regardless of skin color or nationality, for the sake of unity in the body of Christ. Listen, if the church can't be together, if the church can't be unified, don't even expect people on the outside of these walls to be unified. There is one body and one spirit. It says, just as, just as you also were called in one hope, 
of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one immersion, one God and Father of what? All. Who is over all and through all and in all. Paul says make every effort, it says, to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of shalom and the bond of peace. Make every, are we making every effort? Maybe not. But we should be. Because that's what he says. There is one spirit. I think he means all. There is no one who walks into the door of the church that doesn't fit, that doesn't have a reason to be here and a purpose to be here. No one. Does this sound familiar? We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And let me just be honest with you. You can't have life, liberty, and happiness apart from Jesus Christ. You cannot. You can try to find it in a lot of other things, but I'm telling you right now, Darius, is it true? Can you find life, liberty, and happiness apart from Jesus? No. Justin will tell you he's got the scars to prove it that you can't. The only way, the worship team, go ahead and come up. Let's do one more song, and then we're going to go outside and baptize. The only way for all of us to truly love one another. <laughs> the only way that's possible is through the love of Jesus. Go ahead and come on up, Vicky. Or not Vicky. Vicky, where is she, is she playing or is she not playing? She's coming. Apart from the love of Jesus, there's no way I can love Adam. There's no way I can love him without first loving Jesus and without love, Jesus loving me. Okay? Because I was loved, I love him. Does that make sense? Maybe this morning you're like, Brady, I, I don't know the love of Jesus. Well, my encouragement is don't leave today <laughs> until you do. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the mission and vision of not just this church, but every church that proclaims the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to those who need to hear it. I pray for salvation today. I pray for those who are lost, they'll be found. I pray for those who are hurting, will be healed. I pray for those who are caught up in addiction, they'll be set free today pray that six months from now we'll celebrate their sobriety too. Thank you for your love. Thank you for calling us to create a space for all people to experience your love. And I pray this morning people will discover the assignment you have for them, the calling you have for them on their life. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.